0: The Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast from Lloyd's List Intelligence. Delivering you expert analysis on the stories shaping shipping.
1: Think of it as Marine Insurance's annual health check. The facts and figures speech presented at IUMI, that's the International Union of Marine Insurance's annual conference held up in Edinburgh this year, well, it's the big reveal for the shipping risk community. These are the stats that either confirms or disconfirms the feedback that Lois List gets from our daily chats with underwriters and brokers. Chats of that kind are impressionistic by their very nature. Individuals often have a pretty good gut feeling for where the market's going, but no single person can ever really have a comprehensive view of the whole market. But that's what I'm offering you this week. Thanks to the work of C4 actuary Astrid Seltsman, a German expat living in Norway, and her legendary presentations have become an absolute must-attend session at Iumi gatherings. And this week, for the benefit of the audience in Edinburgh, Astrid totted up the premiums from the four main classes of marine insurance, Hull, PI, Cargo and Offshore, and she calculated that the tally for 2022 grew by some 8.3% on the previous year. That came in at $35.8 billion. Now that's a fair old clip in the context of... Major economies flatlining. Let's just go back a few years for a quick comparison. The total was 28.3 billion in 2019, 30 billion in 2020, and 33 billion in 2021. You don't need to be a statistician to work out that the direction of travel is very clear, and given the depredations wrought on world trade by the pandemic, entirely credible. Now, insurance speak can sometimes make even shipping jargon sound comprehensible, but the plain English explanation is startlingly simple. More ships are being insured at higher prices, fewer of them are sinking, and everybody goes home happy. Easy. Hull and Machinery Insurance has certainly witnessed something of a turnaround in the last five years. h H&M and underwriters, who up until that point had been losing money in the aggregate for around 20 years, quite how they kept on going, who knows, but they did, they are actually making some money for a change, which is pretty big news. Likewise, PI clubs are currently publishing combined ratios of below 100% for the first time since the late 2010s. Now, if you don't know what we're talking about, keep listening. You will be an expert by the end of the show, and you will wow your friends with your marine risk knowledge. Finally... It's worth noting that Europe is holding its own even though London continues to cede ground to Asian insurers. It still has over half the market. Our man Dave Osler is now on his ninth IOMI conference, bless him, and he's been up in Edinburgh this week talking to some of the main movers and shakers around the marine insurance world for this week's podcast. He starts by talking to Astrid Seltsman herself about what lies behind the upturn in the sector as a
2: whole. Astrid, thanks for speaking to us. So marine insurance has got a language of its own and sometimes the terminology can be convoluted but what I took away from your presentation is that more ships are being insured um, than ever before at higher prices than ever before with fewer of them sinking so that's got to be good news for the marine insurance sector hasn't it?
0: Yes, on the whole, of course, though, because the uh, well, the uh, values are related to the insured values, and that may generate more premium volume, of course. And then we had a comparably low uh, total loss rate over the last uh, ten years or so, and uh, that is of course a positive development. But at the same time, you have to be aware that the uh, very high values that uh, special segments, uh, especially the container vessel segment has had strong swinging uh, values over the last three years uh, with with extreme increases post-pandemic and then coming down again now in 2023 and uh, um, now also in 2023 the cruise vessels which are a high value segment they are back Mm -hmm. in business uh, so that may of course also impact uh, possibly having more major losses going forward uh, but that remains to be seen
2: Right. Well, I looked through our archives and I saw that global premium volumes in 2019 were 28 billion, and you've just announced that uh, last year they rose to 35.8 billion, up 8.3 percent. Um, that's good going by anybody's standards, isn't it? Do you think that sort of pace can be maintained?
0: Um, well, uh, to to some degree, as I mean, the increase in premium was related to the uh, rebounding global trade after the pandemic, done, uh, and if that continues at the same pace, it's uh, perhaps a little bit doubtful, because there was a dip in 2020 and then the recovery of the trade. As I mean, the global trade is still projected to to grow further, there, but to which degree it will probably slow down somewhat. And then uh, when it comes to rate corrections, then usually after some time, it will also slow down and flatten out again. Uh, so it, it will not continue at the same pace. Right. Is. So, so continued <coughs> growth,
2: still a good outlook, but maybe I,
0: I would suppose there, there is still continued growth because the uh, trade volumes and values are still projected to grow. Uh, so, so there is some something to ensure, of
2: course. <laughs> The other gratifying thing, at least from a European point of view, from your mm-hmm. presentation, is that Europe remains um, with the biggest share of the market in most of the main classes. Um, so, how is that happening, given that uh, yeah, Asia-Pacific is catching up in so many other areas, and do you think Europe can hang on? Yeah, good question.
0: Um, I mean, it's it's mainly related to that a lot of the big insurers are situated in in Europe and and having and especially like like hull insurance and offshore energy that is a very global market, with, with a lot of the insurers insuring this uh, sitting in Europe there, but uh, Asia is is catching up also in in insurance there and. Um, Well, that remains to be seen. Uh, The economic uh, drive in the region also will lead to more insurance being Mm. taken there. I guess it's just
2: too difficult (coughs) to call where this is going. I mean, you know, maybe we're getting a slowdown in China or something, and um, that might uh, stop the progress. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, of course, if there is a continued growth of economy in China, a lot of that is insured within China, then uh, so that may of course, propel insurance volume as well. <laughs> and we have seen a strong growth in Chinese insurance uh, over the last year, also not last year, because uh, last year it was uh, slowing down, because partly because of the exchange rate uh, towards the mm. US dollar. But uh, before that, there has been a strong growth, so it's absolutely possible that uh, Asia will overtake in, uh, in uh, Europe and
1: in, in the insurance. So what about specific sectors? While marine insurance is a wide-ranging label, Lloyd's list tends to concentrate on the two classes typically purchased by ship owners. So let's start with hull and machinery. H&M underwriters have clearly heeded the doctor's advice in the form of Lloyd's Desal 10 initiative to initiate beneficial lifestyle changes from 2018 onwards. Put simply, the operation read the Riot Act to the worst-performing 10% of Lloyd's insurers each year, politely but clearly leaning on them to shape up or ship out. Dozens took the hint, particularly in the marine space, and the resulting reduction in capacity allowed those remaining in the market to start charging firmer prices. And so they did, with so much success that capacity is starting to return, attracted by what now looks like a nice little learner. That's how the insurance cycle works. Whole premiums reached $8.4 billion in 2022, an increase of 5.7%, The niche is still a majority European line, but only just, with Europe taking 51.7% of the book. Asia-Pacific is on 37%. Within that distribution, the Nordic market remains the world's largest on 16%, followed by China on 11.5%, Singapore on 9.3%, and Lloyd's trailing in fourth place on 8.4%. I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers at you this week, but it is important. Chair of Iumi's Hull committee is Ilias Tsakaris, chief executive and underwriter at the American Club affiliate American Hellenic Hull Insurance Company. In his presentation to the conference, he warned that while profitability had returned, the current failure to include an inflation element in premiums will likely take a bite out of the money that would otherwise have been made this year and next. Dave managed to catch up with Ilias on the conference sidelines, and here's what he said.
2: So, thank you then, Ilias, for uh, talking about what's happening in the Holland machinery sector. We saw from the report that premiums are up by five point seven percent in 2022 to reach eight point four billion dollars. Um, are you happy with that? Does that look good to you?
3: Yes, it's very good. It uh, was about time that premiums should start to uh, should be on the rise. Uh, Unfortunately, the and machinery market has been uh, recording very low volumes of premium because of a huge competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, Post pandemic, though, the market is picking up, and the writers have realized that they have to start uh, mitigating their losses by increasing the prices. Uh, on the other hand, um, claim activity has been fairly benign. Uh, the TLO, the total loss uh, trend lines, And the frequency has remained fairly on a downward trend. And uh, this was enough, let's say, to trigger profitability after many, many years for Holland Machinery and Yeah, I
2: mean, would you say you're more or less, or Holland Machinery is more or less where it wants to be? Is
3: this a happy place? there is is more room for improvement, I would suggest. And uh, that's why we have to be vigilant and not to be relaxed as Holland writers. Because... um, Every other day there might be a major loss, there might be a huge loss that uh, will bring us back to reality that uh, premiums have to remain sustainable. It's not just sustainability for the environment, it's also for the ecosystem of any underwriter to be able to finance um, the growth of shipping in general.
2: Right. Um, because you warned in your in your presentation, of course, you warned of the dangers of inflation, which you argued might take a bite out of profitability for the next year or two. Indeed,
3: but inflation is not just a, an underwriting. Let's say, phenomenal inflation is that we we witness every day. Even if you visit a supermarket or something, um, if you are earning the same amount of money and you are spending more, uh, obviously it will have a knock-on effect. Let's say on your uh, margins. Uh, but on the other hand, if uh, the whole idea of being an insurer is also to be able to reserve uh, enough and have an a- adequate uh, reserves in order to cover all possible eventualities. So inflation is an eventuality that we need to realize. Um, Europe and the Western world generally has been experiencing higher rates of inflation than the Far East and um, which, as you can appreciate, will have an impact also on the the, the rating of the premium. We hope that uh, usually Holland writers they are not so keen in passing, let's say, those increases to their clients. Uh, but this is something that they should take to, into account also, that this is a fact that inflation is here.
2: You think there should be rises more or less in line with inflation?
3: Yeah, I think it's fair. It's yeah. only fair. I think it's only fair because... Uh, uh, otherwise, who's going to finance that uh, gap?
2: Right. And were you working in Holland Machinery Insurance during the 20 long years or so? Yes, I was. When it wasn't making any money. Yes, I was. It was so, a real so, struggle.
3: It was a real yeah, struggle.
2: So, yeah, why on earth was anybody involved in a business that doesn't make money for two decades?
3: Yeah, first of all, because we were, uh, they, in general, the business was hoping that uh, they're going to get it right eventually, which they did actually. Got, got it right. And Helen uh, machinery is a, a, it's an integral part of the existence of shipping, generally. And without Helen machinery and the writers, uh, nothing can actually move.
2: Right. The other interesting point I took from Astrid's presentation was that Europe is still in the lead, but only just. I mean, uh, Asia Pacific, China, Singapore, those markets have made big strides in the last few years. Indeed, but, indeed they um, have. Do you think Europe can hang on?
3: Yes, I think so, yes. Boy. I think because there is expertise, there is, uh, it's not only that um, there is growth because don't forget that shipping is growing very much so in China and uh, in the Far Eastern area. But uh, on the other hand, you have to realize that Europe uh, is advancing too. The Greek fleet basically is one of the major fleets, which is a European fleet. And Europe generally has a sizable, sizable amount of fleet. Uh, however, also there is the expertise. I think the uh, the Europe the Europe is advancing a lot as far as research is concerning sustainability, green shipping. Uh, you hear that the the, um, the European underwriters basically are spearheading, let's say, the shipping uh, transition mm-hmm. to the green.
2: Okay. Uh, what do you think? Let's briefly and finally turn to the claim situation. Then, I mean. We were told the average age of the world fleet is continuing to rise, yes. um, which might suggest an increase in claims. But uh, are you worried about that?
3: Not necessarily. We, we it's uh, to, to establish a trend. You require a few years. Uh, this is an indication now because we had a little amount of deliveries and almost uh, none demolitions for 2022, according to Clarkson's. So. Uh, this is something that we're watching at the moment, and uh, if it becomes a trend, then it will be. Then we will consider it. But on the other hand, if you see the figures of frequency of claims, you don't. You haven't seen any upward, let's say, trend on the frequency.
2: Right, and claims cost per vessel, which has returned to pre-pandemic levels, yes. but not exceeded them. No, 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 nothing.
3: Cause,
2: no cause for
3: concern. No. Correct, correct. No cause for concern yet. If this continues, of course, it will be an issue.
1: So what of the other main marine insurance product purchased by ship owners, namely P&I? Well, towards the end of the last decade, some clubs had seen their combined ratios drift as high as 140% or more. Uh, For those not au with the terminology, a combined ratio, or CR, measures money an insurer pays out in claims and operating expenses against income received from premiums. Saying an insurer has a CR of 140 is a fancy way of highlighting that seven dollars go out of the window for every five bucks that come in the door. That way, madness lies. P&I clubs are not-for-profit businesses; they are mutually owned and there to provide cost-price cover for their shipowner members. But ultimately, clubs have to break even to survive, and to that end, have rolled out a series of rate hikes over the last four years. Modal average targets or general increases came in at 7.5% in 2019 to 2020, 10% in 2020 to 2021, 12.5%, 21 to 22, and 10% in 22 to 23. That compounds out to about 46%. It finally looks like it's payback time. Many clubs are finally back on the right side of the line. Guard and the Ship Owners Club have just unveiled CRs of 99%, while the Swedish Club is on 98%. The top 12 P&I clubs form an alliance called the International Group, which operates a pool scheme that kicks in once the cost of a casualty tops each club's individual retention layer of $10 million. Thanks to the reinsurance market, the pool can provide owners with cover of up to $2 billion at a very reasonable cost, While the number of pool claims for the last year policy, which runs from noon on the 20th of February to noon of the 20th of February the following year, were sharply down, claims impact is assessed to be rising again now. There are other ailments clubs will want to discuss with the doctor, of course. Specifically, P&I was more impacted by coronavirus than other classes because this is the bit that provides cover for both cruise ship passengers and merchant seafarers. Then there is the dread disease known as back-year deterioration. Unlike a run-of-the-mill fender bender where costs can rapidly be assessed and settled, the cost of a major casualty cannot be known with any accuracy for years, especially if litigation is involved. Prudent provision has to be made. Finally, sanctions aimed at Russia. Because of the Russian invasion in Ukraine saw some clubs lose substantial amounts of Russia-associated tonnage. This all has an impact. Even so, we know from Astrid that gross calls by international group PI clubs rose 22.8% to hit $3.81 billion. That development will likely add weight to Broker's arguments that clubs are broadly back on an even keel and not justified in asking for any more money at the coming renewal round. We asked for comment on that from conference attendee Nick Shaw, who is the chair of the international group. Now, in line with long-standing policy, Nick makes a point of not discussing anything that could be seen as a pricing issue. But this is what he had to say.
2: So one of the interesting results from the Facts and Figures presentation was that gross calls by international group P&I clubs rose 22.8% last year to hit 3.81 billion. Um, Now that, of course, is far higher than the... Advertised general increases that were being sought by most clubs. So, how do you explain that discrepancy?
4: Well, I mean, it's down to each uh, club as to what they charge their members uh, for PI renewal at uh, PI renewal time. However, um, I think that number reflects the total P&I premium that that club collects, not just from its mutual business, but also from its uh, fixed premium business. So I think um, that's probably where the discrepancy in the, in the figures is.
2: So growth in the world fleet is going to account for some And growth
4: And growth in the world fleet, which is incorporated into the IG figures as well.
2: So that, those estimates from Astrid sound about right to you?
4: They, well, they are, yes. Yeah. They are correct.
2: Right, great. Right, um, pool claims. The number of pool claims for the last plus a year were sharply down. Is that uh, good luck or is uh, that a uh, good <laughs> work?
4: I think, I think that all of the clubs uh, do a huge amount on loss prevention uh, and um, that's passed on to their um, ship owner members. Um, we are always trying to raise standards in the industry. However, inevitably there is an element of, of luck in terms of how many pool claim how many claims hit the pool each year. Uh, last year was uh, for sure our best year since 2016, um, with so far only seven reported pool claims. And um, that trend has has passed on into the current year to a large degree, um, where we're seeing a, a lower than average uh, level of pool claims at this particular moment. However, there's still five months to go in the policy year.
2: Right, including, of course, the northern hemisphere winter. Indeed, when, indeed. When, when claims can be at their worst. Yep. And uh, Finally, um, we were told that P and I was more impacted by coronavirus than other insurance classes because of the cover it provides for both uh, cruise ship passengers and merchant seafarers. Does
4: that strike you as about right? I think um, we were certainly impacted by COVID. I think the club system and the group system reacted very well to the COVID environment. Um, and uh, we saw three pool claims arising from Covid, Uh, we're not expecting uh, any back deterioration on those particular claims Um, and uh, we have provided the market with plenty of information as to how each of the clubs and and together uh, looked at the claims and the number of claims and the value of those claims, which was uh, the average was uh, relatively low so um, i think i think overall it shows the resilience of the group system and um, the pooling arrangements which we have cargo insurance is actually the biggest line in marine although it tends to get least
1: attention from Lloyd's list given that it's bought primarily by charterers and cargo interests rather than ship owners nevertheless it too has passed this year's medical examination Cargo premiums aggregated $20.5 in 2022, up 8.3%, thanks to the continued robust state of global trade. Europe had 38.6% to the book, followed by Asia-Pacific on 32%. While all the regions saw growth, growth in Asia appeared to be flattening out, although its dollar outcomes were not flattered by depreciation of the Chinese and Japanese currencies against the greenback. Markets are highly fragmented, with China on 12.5%, followed by Lloyd's on 9.2%, and Japan on 7.5%. Cargo premiums typically follow the trend in world trade, albeit at a time lag. Further growth is projected, although the forecasts remain uncertain. Here's Astrid again to explain.
0: Well, yes, they are very much, as the index shows, uh, they are very much related to to the growth in global trade and values, and uh, there has been a strong rebouncing of the global trade after the pandemic. And I mean, now it's probably flattening out a little bit, but there's still expected uh, further growth of the uh, global trade and economy. And as long as that is going to happen, then of course also there is positive for the cargo insurers because there is more volume to insure.
1: So what next? Well, Marine insurance has its annual rhythms, as you probably know. Most hull policies come up for renewal on the first day of each new year, which are known as 1-1 renewals. Autumn sees the international group clubs set out their stalls, announcing general or target increases for the traditional renewal deadline of noon on the 20th of February. The prognosis amongst most commentators, including brokers and the underwriters themselves, is that another round of rate hikes is probably on the cards. For the ship owners, who make up the majority of the Lloyd's List subscriber base, well, that probably won't be good news. Our rapidly growing marine insurance readership, however, will be glad of the prospect, which should make Astrid's presentation in Berlin next September all that much more positive. So at least there's something to look forward to. Lloyd's List subscribers, of course, will be the first to hear any good or bad news in the insurance sector. If you're not a subscriber, well, what have you been doing with your life? You really should be. Uh, sign up for our unrivaled news analysis and insights for the global shipping industry at lloydslistcom slash subscription. That is it for another week on the Lloyd's List podcast. As always, thank you very much for listening. And we will be back next week with more. Have a good week. Bye.